Tell of all his wondrous works. Tell of all his wonders. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wonders. Remember the wonders he has done. No one can fathom. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Hi guys. This is Wonderful to Tell. I'm Tracy Conrad. At a recent recording session in Irving, Texas, we had the privilege of meeting Phil Luckett. Phil is a man who had a desire to be obedient to God one step at a time. Little did he know how drastically his initial steps of faith would change his life and the lives of his wife and children. And a quick side note, maybe it's from Phil's time as an NFL referee, but his story is told at a fast pace packed with lots of twists and turns, so you might have to listen more than once to catch all the action. Here's Phil Luckett. Well, good evening. I'm basically going to tell you my Russia story. But it's not really my story, because it's the Holy Spirit's story. And I hope you'll be able to appreciate how he put this all together, because I could never have planned this. I'm not smart enough. I just lived, and he did it. So it's Holy Spirit's story. My wife Shirley, my daughter Ginger were a part of it. Now, I grew up in El Paso, loved sports, always playing ball, bouncing the balls, etc., calling the boys together, organizing football, basketball, whatever it was. At age 12, I was nicknamed Rule Book. <laughs> True? And also at age 12, my family and all went up to the Sun Bowl, but not to watch football, but to hear Billy Graham. And that night, I went forward, trusted Christ, talked to the counselor, and I really remember wondering why everybody in the stadium didn't accept this invitation. Well, I grew up, <clears throat> went to the University of Texas at El Paso, And as a freshman, I applied for and was accepted for federal employment at a place called White Sands Missile Range, New Mexico, very southern uh, New Mexico, and I would have an hour drive from El Paso to work. Well, I was only 19 as a freshman when I was accepted, and I was a co-op student, so I would work half the year, go to school half the year, it paid for my school, my car, and I was fully trained for a job as soon as I graduated. Also in college at age 21, got married, Shirley. And that same year, I also began to officiate peewee football. We all start at the bottom, right? <clears throat> so I graduated after those four years, and I did enjoy a 27-year federal employee um, career. It was in computer work, and you don't need to hear about all that. But also during those years, I continued to officiate football, never realizing what Lord would open up, allow, bring about, I eventually did get to the NFL. So this was really cool, and it's a whole other story, but I'm not telling that one tonight. This is the Russia story. So since I was in the NFL, and I had 27 years in the government, I was only 46 when the government said they offered, actually, an early retirement if you had 25 years. So I accepted that because I had the NFL And lo and behold, I had half the year available, half the year football, half the year whatever I wanted. I wanted to be involved in ministry ministry one way or another. So I tried a few things, but ended up doing missions in one form or another. Now, a very influential class, a great class I would recommend, Perspectives on the World Christian Movement. I went to the class. I then served as the coordinator at our church for a couple of years. Uh, teaching you about the glory of God and what he's doing throughout history, uh, missions, lots of great stuff. Also came in contact with a man named Bob Shogren. 
Now, he was active in this Perspectives program, but he was also the president of a speaking ministry called Unveiling Glory. And the ministry was, would, was teaching uh, in these seminars with lots of PowerPoint how to seek God's glory in all of creation and how we should take the God's glory to the nations, to all peoples. Well, he also happened to do our missions conference of the church. I loved it, loved the material, the PowerPoint, everything. After it was over, I went up to him privately and asked, I'd like to get my hands on that material, teach other people. He said, well, you know what? This year, for the first time, I'm thinking about training 12 men up in Virginia in the material so we could expand the ministry. Why don't you just uh, send an application? Well, I did. And in the application, I actually wrote, I'm very experienced in speaking because I've often spoken to millions of people. <laughs> that got their attention. And what? Well, I had to admit it was for an NFL referee on the microphone. So I was telling the truth. Telling the truth. So anyway, I took the training. I was passed. I was certified as a national speaker for Unveiling Glory and began doing these seminars on the glory of God in churches uh, all over the U.S. and teaching in perspectives, again, likewise, all over. Much enjoying it, lots of travel. I was used to travel anyway with the NFL. Well, it was in the spring of 2003, I went to the library looking for some information. It was a bust, didn't find anything. So I started to leave, go out the front door, and there in front of me was a display about foreign exchange students. I looked at it for a second, and I'd been teaching all about missions and all, and I can only tell you, it was as if a voice behind me said the exact words, what are you going to do with internationals? And I was startled. I took the material home. Shirley and I filled it out, sent it in. They took our information, sent us lots of biographies of different students in different parts of the world. Now, you know, I'm very strategic. And so I selected a young girl named Dina from a city named Chelny in an area called Tatarstan, Russia. Now, I selected her really, uh, well, I was led to her, but I selected her because she was a Tatar Muslim. They were Volga Tatars. The Tatars are an unreached people group for Jesus Christ. And by birth, they considered themselves to be Muslim. So my plan was I would have this girl come live with us almost a year. Hopefully, she'd come to know Christ, go back to her friends and family. That's a pretty good idea, don't you think? It didn't work, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> well, she came. She was a high school senior, excuse me, junior. She knew English well, had made good grades, good behavior, all around good girl. But the first time I tried to bring up Jesus or the Bible, Phil, no, no. My parents made me promise that I would not get into any Bible, Jesus, or anything like that, because we're Muslim. Oh, I was deflated, but... I trusted God and invested in this relationship. And boy, did we invest. (laughs) So we took this girl on trips to Disney World, Hawaii, San Diego NFL, first time she ever been to the ocean. Did I ever tell you the value of frequent flyer miles? It was really good. We took her to places all over DFW, the ballet in um, Fort Worth. She watched uh, the Nutcracker because it's... Tchaikovsky, and she loved it. But the main way I invested in her was 
discussions. Typically after dinner, I would select a topic for the evening and I would talk to her. We talked about all kinds of things at least two or three times every week. History, ethics, World War II, Russia, America, just lots of things. So we were always talking about, she was always wanting to learn. Great relationship. I began to refer to her or introduce her. This is my Russian daughter. Everybody understood. Well, she was very close with her family, and she and her father were always emailing each other. And, you know, she would tell everything that was happening, and he wrote back to her, they're treating you like a princess. And I would have to agree that that was probably the case. Well, this princess. Well, of course, I was disappointed I wasn't able to witness to her directly. But the year that she was here came out with the movie The Passion of the Christ. And the other teenagers were talking about it, so... She had me take her to the movie, Shirley and I to the movie. And she shed a tear during the movie, but as soon as it was over, she wasn't going to talk about it. Now, also during that year, as things went by, she asked her father for permission to go to the church youth group just to meet teenagers. And so he let her do that. And uh, as the year went along, for about a month, one of my Bibles disappeared. It wasn't there. It showed up about in its place about a month later. So I knew she was getting some witness, and the youth group was doing the Gospel of John, so I knew that God was doing His thing. Now, I want to interleave in here someone called Scott Wernz. He was at the church. He worked with Sergei and Angelica, who lived in Penza, Russia, and they were all involved in orphan ministry. Scott was doing all these trips over there. But during the year that Dina was living with us, he brought some Russian boys over here, and they would go to schools and churches entertaining because they were break dancers. Do you all know break dancing? They would get on the floor and do all this stuff, and then afterward they would talk. So that was pretty cool. And that was the year Dina was here, so when I found out about it, we took Dina to watch them, and she thought it was so cool, these Russian teenage boys, and then she could talk and meet them, speak Russian and all this stuff. So she loved it and we went, I think, at least twice. But also through that, I met Sergei and Angelica, who had come with the orphans um, from Penza. So we had a great year. God was doing His thing, and I just didn't always know what it was. Well, finally, the last day came, and it was time for Dina to go home. And I said, Dina, someday I'm going to go see you in Russia. And she said, no, Phil, it's not clean, modern like you're used to. No, no, I, I will. So one year later, a missionary friend of mine told me about Lake Point Church in Rockwall. He said, Phil, there's a church, Lake Point, that goes to Totterstan. You might be interested. I was interested. I called the mission pastor, talked to him, and he said, well, this summer we have a, yeah, we have a team going to Chelney, Totterstan. Chelney, did you pick up on that name? <laughs> I was interested, signed up. They accepted me to join the team. I emailed Dean and her family, I'm coming to your city. And they invited me to stay a week after the mission was over. Remember, she's Muslim. She's just not going to participate in that trip, that other part of the trip. So I joined the team, got all the stuff. We went over to, to Chelney, and they were partnering with an independent evangelistic church called Church Revival. And it turns out, by coincidence, of course, that this church was walking distance to Dina's apartment. So the team of uh, the missions team went at out in the forest, did youth ministries and nice, but I was looking forward to the next week, 
The Americans went home. I then went and spent a week in Dina's apartment, seeing how they live, eat their food, going all around, just enjoying it. <clears throat> well, it also turns out, by coincidence, that the week that I was in their apartment was Dina's high school graduation. So cool, they invited me to go to the graduation and the graduation party, so I went. Well, it turns out that Dina was the valedictorian. So at the graduation, they introduced Dina and her parents and the American who came all the way just for the graduation. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was a celebrity. The teenagers, the adults, the relatives, they wanted to meet this princess take care of, <laughs> if I can say it that way. I was a celebrity. <clears throat> I don't know if I ever told Shirley this, but some of the women, some of the teenage girls asked me to dance at the party. It was fun. <laughs> Just dance. <clears throat> well, the next day, to my surprise, Dina and her teenage friends, girlfriends, they had a surprise tea party for me. I sat down at the table, cookies and tea, and we're talking in a Russian way. It was all neat. They were asking me questions, and I pull out some presents that the Lord had led me to take, perfect for these girls and they were charmed and they loved it. They asked me to go bowling. That night they asked me to go out walking in the evening. I was in. (laughs) Well, it was a great first trip. And before I left, I had an appointment with the pastor of that church revival. And we talked some about maybe some future ministry, what we might do. Went back home, showed Shirley and the family all these pictures and told stories. It was great. Unknowingly, that was the first of 20-plus trips to Russia. So it turned out I would go sometimes by myself or lead a team, and so I'll cover that a little bit. But I'll have to admit, so often before the trip, I would think, what am I doing, and, and who am I, just this Lone Ranger guy, and oh, they're going to accept me. As they and I had these number of doubts. But every trip I would come home fulfilled, blessed, knowing that they were blessed and how much they enjoyed, and they kept wanting me to come back, Dina and her family, the church, one thing after another. Well, I did some more trips with Lake Point, the original church, and I learned the ropes about going to Russia, visas, taking the trains, everything I needed to know to lead my own teams. And so I ended up having 10 summer camps taking a team over to Chelney, coordinating with this church, Church Revival. Most of them were English camps, ESL-type program, but we did a lot more besides just English. We did sports Football, they loved hitting the wiffle ball and running to learn baseball. Uh, We would do arts and crafts. We would do skits, have Academy Awards. They were astounded by all that we did to entertain them. They loved it. We loved it, but we got worn out. We were exhausted when we finally came home. And also, every time I went to Chelney for a camp, I would see Dina and her family. They would have a big feast for me. Kush it, Phil. Kush it means eat, Phil, eat. It was great. (laughs) All right, let me bring Scott Warrens and Sergey back into the picture. I learned all this Unveiling Glory material. I was teaching in the United States these seminars. Scott saw the material. He said he liked it. He talked to Sergey. Together they said, let's have Phil come over to Penza, Russia, and teach. What? Well, they took my 700 or however many slides it is over in Russia and translated into Russia PowerPoint. And so then they asked me to come do the, the seminar, and I did. Sergei is my tr- uh, translator. I spoke in English. We had it all in Russian so that the Russians could see it. So we did this seminar not only there in Penza, but with my close friends in Chelny. I did it there, and they loved it. This was 
for them, such a presentation was really something. I had other invitations, and over time, I was in seven major Russian cities teaching this material. And I could have just continued to continue. Now then, when I went to Penza, Sergei said, Phil, don't stay in the hotel. Save your money. Stay at my mom's house, Tatiana. Sounds good to me, so I did. So I stayed in Tatiana's house, apartment rather, and there was two girls, Dasha and Masha, who were in the apartment. I met them. They seemed like nice girls. They were 10 and 14 at the time. And the younger one, she just attached to me right here. She held hands with me. She pulled out her English book. She walked me to her school, protecting me from the traffic and all kinds of things. Now, the other girl, aloof, complete. What's this American doing here? Dasha and Masha at Tatiana's. Interesting. Well, as usual, I go home from the trip. It was great, another great trip. I tell Shirley about it, show her a picture, told him about Dasha and Masha, etc., etc. About six months later, I get ready for my next trip, and I'm going to go to Siberia this time. This is going to be cool. So I'm getting ready for the trip. <laughs> you got it. Way to go. Okay. So I'm getting ready. Go to the airport. I say, nah, sure, let me check my email one more time. I do, I sit down, and sure enough, there's an email from Sergei on the ministry of the orphanage, what's going on. But at the end of the letter, he says, and pray for my mom, who has to go in the hospital for quite some time, and for Dasha and Masha, who will have to go back to the orphanage. They're orphans. And I didn't find out till later that she had taken them out of the orphanage a few months, some months before I came there, to do foster care. And now they're going back to the orphanage. And my heart was stirred. We had no such plans. I said, Shirley, read this. She read it. We looked at each other. And she literally said the exact words, you want to go for it? And we understood. Hastily wrote an email back to Sergey. I don't know if this is proper. Uh, Forgive me if not. Shirley and I might be interested in these girls. I went on my trip, thinking the whole time I'm in Russia, what's going to be the result of that? I come back home, they were interested. Now, interestingly, we find out later that Masha, the younger girl, was already scheduled to come to South Carolina with a group of Russian orphans for prospective people to look at for adoption. And one lady had already tentatively picked her, Masha, to be adopted. So these two girls had agreed, sisters, to separate. Masha so much wanted to go to marriage, so much wanted to be adopted, so much to have a father. Dasha, not so. She had heard some bad stories in the orphanage, what Americans do. She did not want to go. This is something. So uh, Sergey took my email, talked to the girls, and they said, oh, you're talking about that guy who was here? And so they kind of reluctantly said, okay, let's pursue this. And as a result, they canceled Masha's trip to South Carolina. We started the process. We're interested, they're interested, and it took quite a while to get things done. But in about 18 months to two years, it took surprisingly long to get everything done. Finally, in 2010, on Thanksgiving Day in America, we were in Penza, Russia, standing before the judge to complete the adoption on Thanksgiving Day. When it was... Don't make me cry, and I'm serious. So we completed it, and we went, took the girls, went back to Sergey's apartment where they had laid out a Thanksgiving meal for traditional, but also for us, 
And at that lunch, Sergey announced, Phil, Angelic and I applied to the lottery for a green card, and we won. Now, you only get about 1% chance to be selected, and they were selected. So they were going to go to America, too. So we had a lot of other things we had to do in Moscow, in other words, and it was kind of neat, but we were ready to go home after 35 days. We arrived home Christmas Eve. That was our Christmas present. Sergei and Angelica came about a month later, living here in Dallas. They had that ongoing relationship. So we got here Christmas Eve, and now Masha Lulina was Mary Luckett. Dasha Lulina was Daria Luckett. All right, let me finish up real quickly just to give you an update on them. Mary, she came here, went to fifth grade, uh, middle school, high school, tremendous athlete, very athlete. Whatever, you know, she would try one sport after another, she would excel, come like the best player. She finally settled on basketball, Coppell High School, unanimous first team, all district. They telling me, oh, she can get all kinds of scholarships. She never applied for one. She graduated, joined the U.S. Army came from Russia to join the U.S. Army. Well, this was her, I realized, this was her place. This is, this is her. This is Mary. She was number one in basic training and physical training. She was appointed a squad leader, a sharpshooter. This is Mary. She's a physical, tough girl, and she had said many times at home, I'll go get the bad guys if I'm a policeman or whatever it is. It's Mary. Now, Dasha, she's the student. She went to Faith High School and. That's, she was in carpooling with Hope. So she was a straight-A student, Faith High School, very good. But when she graduated, she didn't want to go to university right away either. So the Lord put into her hands, and it's the only way I can say it, is a ministry called uh, Bridges for Peace. They do friendship evangelism over in um, Israel. So we applied for this special program that they would select 10 youth from several different countries to volunteer for a year. She applied and was selected. So she went and lived in Jerusalem. They were there for a year. I became jealous of what she was getting to uh, be a part of because they had outstanding program, outstanding speakers throughout the year. They toured them all over Israel, riding camels and the Dead Sea and all this stuff, and I was jealous. <laughs> now, she was a volunteer, and she did you know, work through the week, she helped in the food bank, but number one, this is God, she was a translator because the majority of Jews who come back to Israel are Russian speakers, and they didn't know the local language. Dari can help you with that. So she was doing this in verbal or written, etc., and she had a number of good stories she told us, especially interviewing, talking to Holocaust survivors. What a year she had. It was terrific. Well, she came back. She's in college now. She's a junior at DBU, majoring in commercial arts. It was a little bit fast, but I gave you an introduction to my Russia story, but it was all God. I didn't plan any of this. We still stay in touch with Dina. Um, They're hoping I can come again, but it's been a little while. My strategy of her coming and then going back was way too small. God had this big story in mind, and I didn't know until I slowly walked through it. And what I learned was obedience one step at a time. In the library, I was obedient to take that step. And as I took one step, he gave me the next place to go or do or person. Obedience one step at a time. And that's one of the messages I share. 
If the Lord will see a heart of obedience in you, He'll give you more understanding of His Word, His will, direction. But if you're not ready, then He'll wait. God bless you. It's a pleasure for me to share. Wow. A ministry was born and a family was made complete through Phil's initial act of obedience in hosting an exchange student from Russia. Phil barely scratched the surface of all that has been accomplished through his 20-plus mission trips to Russia, his national speaking tours, his ministries, and his family. So please visit our website at wonderfultotell.com to see photos of Phil and his family and find links to the ministries he mentioned in his talk. And be sure to subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at wonderfultotell. This episode was produced by Kevin and Katie Conrad and Brad and Tracy Conrad. With special thanks to Michael and Karen Wilcutts for hosting our recording session. We also had the invaluable support of our crew members, Michael, Lindy, Nancy, Mark, Debbie, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed our intro. Lindy Conrad came up with our name. And Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. And thanks for listening. 